The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated in memory of Shilomo Suli HaKohen Ben Frida from his children and grandchildren whose askara was on Asara Betevet. Shlomo Suli HaKohen Ben Frida Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Aiden. Amen. Daf Kof Yod Aleph. Today's daf is being studied in the Shmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Aiden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied in Ruach Hashem Yosef Ben Sarah Ben Sarah Bat Rachel Enna Rafa Nilahim. Study today's daf on Kufiud Amud Bet, and we are seven lines from the bottom, starting with the Braita. Tarun Banan, the Olam Yadur Adam Be'eris Israel, Afilu Be'ir Shruba of Dekuchabim, the Al Yadur Behutzla Ares, the Afilu Be'ir Shruba Israel, Shekol Adar Be'eris Israel. דומה כמי שיש לו אלוה וכל הדר בחוץ לארץ דומה כמי שאין לו אלוה שנאמר לתת לכם את ארץ כנען להיות לכם לאלוהים זאת גברה says a person should always dwell in ארץ ישראל even in a city that's inhabited by the majority of גויים and he should not live in חוץ לארץ outside in the diaspora even in a city that's populated by the majority of Israel, because anybody that lives in Eretz Israel, it's compared as if he has a god, and anybody that lives in Chutzlaaris, it's similar that, like he doesn't have a god. And the Gemara substantiates that with a pasuk that says, "Latet lachem et Eretz Kenan." I'll give you the land of Kenan, which is Israel. Liyot lachem leLohim, and then already I'll be your god. So it's mashma that uh, God is our god only when we're living in. Eretz Yisrael. So comes Gemara and says, no dar ba'aris, no What do you mean? If a person doesn't live in Eretz Yisrael, he has no God. How can we say that? Which means Borei Olam is Borei Olam over the whole world. So does that mean God is not in Chutz La'aris? So the Gemara says, Malicha, Kol Adar B'Chutz La'aris, Ki Ilu Oved Avodat Kuchavim. Anybody that lives outside of Eretz Yisrael, it's as if he worships idols. Uh, much has been said to interpret what does it mean as if uh, he's worshipping idols uh, one interpretation is is because <laughs> since in Chutz Aris you have a lot of Abu Dazara and the uh, person is affected by the society that he lives in so therefore it's impossible that some of the traces of the Abu Dazara is not going to rub off on him and therefore it's saying that a person lives in Chutzalaaretz Ki'ilu Oved Avodat Kuchavim because of the, um, the immediate circle that he is uh, going to be surrounded by. V'chein b'David Omer, it says by David HaMelech, Ki gereshuni hayom mistapayach benachalat Hashem. They have driven me away from attaching myself from the heritage of Hashem. Lemor lech avod Elohim ahirim. And when did David HaMelech say this? V'chi amar lo le David lech avod 
אלוהים אחרים, אלא לא מעליך כל הדר בחוץ לארץ, כי לא עובד עבודת כוכבים. אבשלום צ'ייסט דוד המלך outside of Eretz Yisrael. So when he was in exile, he came along and said that they chased me uh, away from attaching myself to the heritage of Hashem. What do you mean? He said, chased from the heritage of Hashem. Then it says, and they told them, go worship Avodah Zarah. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Did they tell David to go worship Avodah Zarah? Nobody told him to worship Avodah Zarah. No, since they chased him outside uh, of Eretz Yisrael, it was as if they were telling him, go worship Avodah Zarah. But anybody that lives in Chostar is, Skidu Oved, Avodah Kuchavim. Comes the Gemara and continues and says, "The Bizera comes to meet Mineder of Yehuda. The Bizera was uh, evading Rav Yehuda. Why? The Baal and Mesak Eretz Yisrael. The Bizera wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. He lived in Bavel. He wanted to move to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, we know Rav Yehuda. We'll see now. His position was he shouldn't move. So therefore, he was evading because he didn't want to uh, upset him." But he wanted to move. That he held anybody that moves from Babel to Eretz Israel transgresses an Aseh. Positive commandment. Pasuk says that they will go to Babel, they'll be brought to Babel, and they will remain there until the day I attend to them. That's the word of Hashem. And I'll bring them back to Zion. So you see over here what? You can't just go back. You have to wait until God, Mashiach, Redeemer, brings you back. Therefore, if you die, once you're in Babel, you stay there. You can't go back to Eretz Yisrael unless already it's, a, uh, it's from Borei Olam. So how does the hold? He says, and that's referring to the uh, utensils in the Beit HaMikdash, which means those uh, utensils were brought down to Babel. So the Pasuk is saying that you can't bring them back to Eretz Yisrael unless it's uh, divinely ordained. But the people can go back whenever they want. Oh, so now we got to fit another, another Pasuk for Rabbi Yehuda. But Rabbi Yehuda, where does Rabbi Yehuda now learn the source that one is not allowed to leave Babel to go to Eretz Yisrael? Ketiv kera harina. We have a Pasuk in Chir HaShirim. Hishbarti etchem benot Yerushalayim bisbaot o ba'aliyot asadeh. Meaning, I've sworn to you, the daughters of Jerusalem, that what? We read the end of the passage. Which means, you should not, uh, you should not uh, inspire the Ahava of HaKadosh Baruch Hu by moving back to Eretz Yisrael. Until HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Do not uh, inspire the love of Akadosh Baruch Hu until Borei Olam wants. Which means do not go to Eretz Yisrael. Wait until Borei Olam says so. And what's going to happen? If they don't uh, follow this vow, so it says they're going to be hunted down by the Sivaot and the Ailot. That is the gazelles and the hens of the field. The animal is going to come and attack them. Oh, so what does the Bizarra do with that Pasuk? They should not converge upon Israel in a wall, meaning a wall of force, meaning militarily. They're not allowed to conquest Israel. If they want to go you know, on their own, fine. But they cannot make a military strike in order to conquer Israel. So that means that was not planning on doing that. He was just planning on moving to Israel regularly. So therefore, he had no problem. Ah, the Rabbi Uda. So what does the Rabbi Uda do now? 
So he says, Hishbarti Aharina Ketid. If you look at Shira Shirim, this, this Pasuk of here, Hishbarti Yitzchim 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 is written a few times. So therefore he says, one Pasuk is coming to tell you that why you shouldn't go by um, force. And this Pasuk is telling you even an individual is not allowed to go on his own. If he has two Pasukim. What does it have to say in three times? What are these three swears that the Kadosh Baruch Hu, the oath that God administered? So it says, Number one. Number one, the Jewish people should not enter Eretz Yisrael by force, which means uh, militarily, with a war. Number two, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made us made a swear that we should not rebel against the nations of the world, meaning we're going to have to go to exile. And they have to accept the exile. We should not rebel against the host country, but God made the Goyim swear as well that they're not going to... Um, Subjugate the Jewish people more than uh, more than is sufficient. So therefore, you see, according to the Bizera, it is permissible for an individual to go to Eretz Israel. Of the Rabbi which means once already we have these three Shivuot, so therefore they're accounted for. How does he know that an individual cannot go to Eretz Israel? So it says, "Imta'idu v'imta'oreru ketiv," which means from the double language. It says, "Imta'idu," which means if you wake. Or you rouse So therefore, since you have a redundancy, it's coming to tell me not only going in a war, you cannot conquer it. Even if you arouse it individually, it's going to be a suit. Because it says in the Pasuk three times, three different Pasukim, and in each Pasuk it says, So therefore it's like double. So therefore it's like six Shivuot. Uh, what do we need the six Shivuot in the Pasukim and Shirashirim? So it says, Already three of them we said already, with the three Shivuot. Number one, number four would be that what? That the prophet should not. Uh, um, reveal the end of time. They were not allowed to reveal when the Mashiach was going to come. And number two, that the Jewish people should not distance the end by causing making sins. And they should not give the secret to the of What secret are we talking about over here? So they want to say it's about Sod which means the uh, the law of Ibud Hodesh of making the uh, months. By the moon and the whole calculation, that is uh, uh, something that is a secret to Klaisa. Uh, right, the reference is either to the secret of intercalation, which is the teachings regarding the Jewish calendar cannot be given over to the Guim, or someone to say that it's uh, Kabbalistic discussions. Regarding these subjects, that we are not allowed to give over. It's called Sod Ha'ibud. Bisba'ot or Ba'aliyot So it says that we sworn, and if we break the swear, what's going to happen? Bisba'ot, it's the gazelles, or Ba'aliyot or the hens of the field. If you keep the swears that I told you, fine. 
אני מטיל את בשרכם כספאות וכאילות השדה. Your flesh is going to become hunted down by the idolaters, like the gazelles and the hens in the field. Amar bin Azar. Kol adar be'eris Yisrael sharui belo avon. Anybody that lives in Eris Yisrael is already dwelling without sin. He lives without sin. Shneemar. Ubal yomar shachen haliti. Which means, let the neighbor of Israel, the Shechin, not say that I'm afflicted on the account of the Jewish uh, people living next to me. Because the people that are living in Israel, they're above sin. They have no sin. Sometimes God brings a punishment on a neighboring country. So the country comes along and says, the reason why we're getting this punishment is because our neighbors are Rishayim, based on the principle of Oil Rasha, Oil Shechino. They're saying that doesn't work with Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, there's no sin. Anybody who lives there has no sin. So therefore, if the neighboring countries are getting uh, punished, it's not because they can't blame it on their uh, uh, proximity to Eretz Yisrael. Because in Eretz Yisrael, they're considered Nisu Avon. We learned this Pasuk, who's talking about is burdened with illness. Which means, when the Pasuk says... Ubal yomar shechen haliti. So it says to refer to somebody that's sick. That what? That somebody that's sick is already atoned for his sins. He's considered nisu avon. He has no sins because the sins are considered a kapara. Correct. And that's why Borei Lamrim sickness in order to atone for the sins. Kabzi Gemaran says, Amar of Anan, Kol HaKavur Be'eris Yisrael, anybody that's buried in Eris Yisrael, Ki'ilu Kavur Tahta Mizbayah. It's considered as if he's buried under the altar uh, in the uh, Mizbayah, in the Beit HaMikdash, which means he gets a uh, Kapara. Not that there's any benefit to be buried under the Mizbayah. Actually, it's not a benefit to be buried under the Mizbayah because you be Mitameh the Beit HaMikdash. We're just saying that uh, it's as if a uh, person was buried there. Mefarshim explained because that's where Adam Rishon was created. From the Afar, from under the Mizbayah. And at the time Adam Rishon was created, it was pure. And therefore, when a person is buried in Eretz Yisrael, like he's buried under the Mizbayah, it means like he's going back to his origins and his roots. And therefore, he is uh, atoned from sin and he is clean like Adam Rishon at the time of his creation. How do you know that? It says, It says by us, Right? You should make for yourself a Mizbayah of earth. It says by Devarim, uh, right? So it says, Adama, Mizbah Adama, and it says, Admato Ammo. That what? That the earth shall atone for his nation. What does it mean, the earth? The burial. So if we see that there's a connection between being buried and the Mizbayah, the teacher, that anybody that's buried in Israel gets uh, clean from his sins. Ula was a custom that he would go from Babel to Eris Israel. <coughs> we travel between Babel and Eris Israel. What happened? He was one of those trips outside of Eris Israel and he passed away. So they came and they told Rabbi Al-Azhar that Ula died in Husta Aris. Amar, Ant Ula al-Adamat temi'atamut. You, Ula, you're going to die on uh, contaminated soil? Amrulo. So they told Rabbi Al-Azhar, Aronoba. His coffin is coming to Eris Israel, which means they brought him back from 
בעבירת ארץ ישראל, אמר להם, אין עוד דומה קולטתו מחיים לקולטתו לאחר מיתה. הגמרא says, the big difference between Ersel absorbing the person from when he was alive or waiting until he passes away. Which means, it's a zechut even to die in Eretz Yisrael. So he says, it's not the same. That he's being absorbed into Eretz Yisrael only after he is uh, dead. The Yerushalmi says, in note 24 quotes it, that Ula himself lamented his uh, impending demise in the diaspora. When he realized he would have to die, he began to weep. The people around him asked, Why are you weeping? We will bring you up to Eretz Yisrael after your death. Ula replied, And what benefit do I have if I lose my pearl, meaning his neshama, within a contaminated land? There is no comparison between someone who relinquishes his life in the embrace of his mother to someone who relinquishes in the embrace of some foreign woman. So you see that Ula was holding the Zainyan not only to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, but to actually die. Then he brings down in the notes over here that the Ramban moved to Eretz Yisrael at the age of 70, leaving his family behind. Why? And one of the reasons he writes is in order that he could die in Eretz Yisrael. So you see there's a Anyan only the Kibura, but the actual uh, death itself. There was a certain fellow, a Yibama fell to him in Behuza'ah. Behuza'ah is a city in Babil. So the man came in front of Rahalina. So he says to the rabbi, Should I leave Eris Yisrael? To go down to Behuzah Bavir to make uh, the mitzvah of uh, Yibum. Amar Lehi tells him, Ahav Ahiv Nasa Kutit Vamit. Says, his brother married a Kutit, a non Jewish woman, and died. Baruch Hamakom Sharago. And blessed be the God that killed him. Vihu Yirid Aharaf. When you want to go down there and make the same mistake that your brother made. Which means now, of course, his brother didn't marry a Goya. They say it's considered. Because uh, So therefore your brother made a sin And he went down and married a girl from Hustaris. So now what, you want to leave Eris Israel now also And go and make the same uh, uh, The same Avon as your brother He deserved his death And therefore um, She uh, He told him he does not have to leave in order to make the Yibun That was his Halakha uh, the whole question is, could he have gone down to make a halitza and then uh, come back? That's already a question amongst the mefashim. But to go make the yibum and live there, for sure he was saying, uh, do not do that. So it says, Just like it's forbidden to leave Eris Yisrael to go to Babel, oh, So if you're living in Babel, it's forbidden to go to other um, other countries as well. I guess because there's Torah centers in Babel. So therefore, each, each, each one according to its level. You can't downgrade from from Israel to Babel, but once you're in Babel, you cannot downgrade from Babel to another place in the diaspora. Even two cities in Babel. You cannot move from Pumpedita to Bekube. That was a uh, another city. It's interesting. That, uh, that she writes over here, and she's language is kach asul atzit me babel lefishi yesham yeshivot hamarbitzot Torah tamid. Because in Babel there was yeshivas that were promoting Torah. If we're not allowed to leave it, so he quotes them over here that in a parallel statement, the Hazonish writes that Poland, where the yeshivas are established, 
and the saintly Hafez Chaim resides, along with the other Torah luminaries and great men of spirit, has the status of Eretz Yisrael. And other countries have the status of lands outside Eretz Yisrael in regard to leaving one for the other. Which means, really, it goes according to where the Torah is. With the time when Poland and all the uh, Torah, including the Hafez Chaim, so that had a deal of Eretz Yisrael. It was a suit to leave uh, Poland, the Hafez Chaim, and go to... Uh, to other places, who had in other cities that had uh, Torah in them. There was a certain student, he moved from Pompedita to Estonia. Shekhiv, he died. If this student, if this young student wanted to live, he could have. How could he have lived? By staying in Pompedita. The fact that he moved from the place of Torah to Estonia, so they're saying that was the cause of his death. Rabab, Rabbi Yosef, Tamit Alvayu, Kesherin Shebebabel, Eris Israel Kolatetan. Which is the worthy people of Babel, Eris Israel absorbs them. Kesherin Shebeshar Aratzot, Babel Kolatetan. And the worthy people in other countries are absorbed by Babel. Now the Gibraltar is going to explain. Nemai, what do you mean over here? What is this uh, issue uh, discussing? If you tell me what, that this is regarding genealogy, which means you're telling me that the people in Eretz Israel are more genealogically fit than those living in Babel, because it's saying, It sounds like what? The kosher ones in Babel, Eretz Israel is called but the kosher ones of Shadar Asot, Babel. So Eretz Israel seems as higher at a certain level than. Babel. So the Gabbana says, maybe you'll tell me it's like the Yehud, so the people in, in Babel in Israel are more, have a better uh, genealogy. And therefore, uh, it means like this that uh, the men in Babylonia uh, marry women from Israel and are absorbed into Israel's pure environment. Which means a person from Babel can be absorbed to Israel. Because Israel has a more uh, high level of Yehus and Mishpahan. Ashi's language is, That what? You marry, always marry from Israel. Gibraltar says that cannot be. We know from Gibraltar Kedushin that Babel, the people living there, were more Yehus. Which means there, were more, there was more genealogy in Babel. So the Gibraltar says, How do you know that? We have a statement. All the lands are considered dough compared to Israel. What does it mean, uh, dough? Dough means it's a mixture. Flour, water, which means it's all mixed up compared to Israel. And when it comes to uh, Israel, it is considered dough compared to Babel. And again, all the families are like dough. It's all mixed up, a lot of uh, uh, mixture. Mashaken and Eris it's like solid nikiyah. It's pure uh, flour. So you see what the genealogy, the families have more yehus in Babel than in Chutzlaris. Then I'm sorry, then in Israel. So the question is, what then is the advantage of Israel over Babel? So the Gemara says, Eran which means the Nyan burial. Meaning the worthy people of Babel, Eretz will absorb them, meaning in Kibura. And the worthy people of Chutzlaris are worthy to be buried in Babel. But the highest level is to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. Nyan, Kibura, as she says, Shel Babel, Modichin, Aronotem, Nikaber, Eretz Yisrael. Dechot, Sha'ar, Arasot, Arechokim, Eretz Yisrael, Ukhrim, Babel, Kovim, Babel, Shiyeh, Shab, Zechut, Torah. 
She's zechut to be in Bavel also, because there's a Torah in Bavel. But each one according to his level. Amar of Yehuda, koladar be Bavel, kiludar be Eretz Yisrael. Rav Yehuda says, anybody that lives in Bavel, it's as if he lives in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because already you have the uh, you have Torah. Because you have the learning Torah over there. Comes to what says that says in Emar, Hoi Tzion Himaleti Yoshevet Bat Babel, which means uh, woe to Sion, escape you who dwells with the daughters of Babylonia. So according to the Gemara, saying over here that the Gemara is saying that Babel has a deen of Tzion. It's calling Sion and then saying Bavel. The teachers what that is said as the Bavel had a din of Sion according to Yehuda. Amar Abaye and Nachtinan. Bavel lo chaziach hevdeh de Mashiach. Now Bavel is not going to have to experience the travails of the Mashiach. Whatever that entails, when Mashiach comes, the troubles. So um, like the pains of childbirth. That's a hevdeh Mashiach. That's whatever is going to accompany it for nine months before uh, the Mashiach comes. Are going to be troubles. People in Bavel are not going to suffer that. So, Ahutsal uh, de Binyamin. They interpret that as referring to the city of Hutsal in uh, Binyamin. It's not, it's not everywhere in uh, Babel, specifically Hutsal of Binyamin. They refer to that uh, place as the corner of salvation. And the people of Hutsal in Hutsal uh, Binyamin, they're going to be uh, saved. Certain city. I think it's to have a Zichut, that city. Mm. Kavis Gibran says, Amar Bil Azar. Metim Shibihutsala Aris Enam Hayim. Oh. Those that are buried in Hutsla Aris, they will not be resurrected. Shana Ewar Vinatati Svi Beeris Hayim. It says, I will place Tsivi in the land of the living. What does it mean, Svi in the land of the living? Eris Shitsivyono Ba Metea Hayim. Which means the land in which my uh, favor is there, Tsivyona's favor, which is the land of God's favor, Eris Israel. So it says the Pesach, where my favor is what? That's already there's going to be life. The land of, which is not my favorable land, which is Hussahadis, and Metea Hayim. Those that die will not come to life. So it sounds like over here that what? There's no resurrection in Hussahadis. So he questions it from a Pesach. The Pasuk says, your dead will come to life, my corpses will arise. And that's a double language. Yechiumetecha, right? The dead will come to life and the corpses will arise. Nevedati yekumun. My love, Yechiumetecha metim shiberis Israel. Nevedati yekumun metim shiberis Israel. Oh, so therefore you see what? The double language is saying that what? Both the metim and the eretz yisrael hosta aris will be resurrected. Umay v'natatit tzvi be'eres hayim. Oh, so what does it mean that what? Then the place of tzvi uh, is going to place uh, uh, in the land of the living. And the buchadnesaru dichtiv. That's referring to the the buchadnesar that is going to come upon the land of Israel and conquer it quickly. The amar achmana maintina na'alayu malka. I'm going to bring a king. The kalil kitavya that is swift. <coughs> Like a zvi, like a gazelle, to destroy Eretz Yisrael. And what is that referring to? Nebuchadnezzar. Which means Nebuchadnezzar is compared to the tzvi, because when he came in to destroy Eretz Yisrael, he did it in a quick manner. But the Pasuk is saying that what? That there is going to be Tihayat Metim even in Hussaris. Amal Rabbi, 
So the beginning of the Isaiah says, Mikra Acher Ani Doresh, which means I'll prove you another Pasuk, that only the people buried in Israel are Zuchef for Tanatamitim. Noten Neshama Laam Aleha, Verua Laulchim Ba. He gives a soul to the people upon it. Naam Aleha is the land in Israel, the people in Israel. And a spirit to those that walk within it. So what is that teaching us? That it's only going to be to those in Eretz Israel. Oh, so the Gemara says, So how does the uh, Rabbi El uh, Azar learn the pasuk that Rabbi Ababa Mamal pointed out? That's a nevelati yikumun that the corpses are going to be resurrected. Uh, that means miscarried fetuses, which means those miscarried fetuses of Eretz Israel. They're also going to be resurrected. What is he doing with the Pasuk that says, which is Mashmur, that only the people that are Aleha, God's going to give them a resurrection. That's even a Shifhakana Hanit, the Sivan Israel, is assured that she's going to have a Hayalik. Why? It says over here that God's going to give a uh, life to the nation that is on it. Which means we say, Barigoyim, they consider the Amadomela Hamor. And it says, Noten Shama La Am. To teach you what, even a Shifhat Kedanit that's considered like Ahmad Omela Hamor, but just by the fact that they're living in Israel, they're going to be Zohar, uh, a rights into Olam Abba, Viruah Lahul Khimba, and a spirit to those that walk in the land. Amar Abir Miyabar Abba, Amar Buhanan, Kolam Mahalech, Arba Amod, Beris Israel, Muftahlo Shubena Olam Abba, somebody that walks, even for Amod. And Eretz Israel is also assured a chedek in Olam Abba. Comes the Gemara and says, "Would Rabbi Lazar sadikim shebichutz laharis enam chayim?" Quote Rabbi Lazar that says that the chayat mitim is only in Eretz Israel. So you tell me it's sadik that dies in chutz laharis. What they're not going to be resurrected and come to Eretz Israel? Amar Rabbi Lazar al yedig ilgul. Which means their bones are going to roll to Eris Israel. But Kifla Rabbi Abbas Salah Rabbah Gilgul Tzadikim Sa'aru. What do you mean? It's a, it's a suffering that the, the bones have to roll. Amar Abayyem Mechilot Na'asot Lahem Bakarka. There's going to be underground tunnels that the Tzadikim are going to roll in the tunnels and when they're resurrected and uh, they'll be able to um, go to these subterranean tunnels to Eris Israel. <coughs> So it's not going to be uh, suffering for those people. So now Yaakov Abinu tells uh, his uh, son Yosef, Take me out of Mislaim. And I want you to bury me in their tomb. He says you have to pay attention to this Pasuk. There's a lot of uh, unspoken issues that Yaakov Abinu was telling Yosef over here in this verse. Yodeya haya Yaakov Abinu shesadik gamuraya. Yaakov knows he's knows he's sadik. Ve'im metim shibuchutzalaris hayin. If you're telling me that what that even the tzadikim in chutzalaris they live 
Lama etriyachet banav. What is he? What is he making all this terha, all this toil for his son? Yeah. Just let him be buried in Mitzrayim. He'll roll to Eretz Yisrael with the uh, tunnels, and uh, you have uh, no problem. What's all the big terha? Mm-hmm. So the Gemara says, Shem lo yisku la mechilot. He was concerned that he might not be zochef for the tunnels, which means uh, you need a zechut kare. It's not so uh, pashut. So therefore, Yaakov Aminu was fearing that he shouldn't be buried in Mitzrayim, that maybe his body's not going to roll, so therefore he wants to be buried in Mitzrayim. Kayotzeh b'davar atahom. Similarly, what you see in the Parashat Vayichi, Vayashba'a Yosef et b'nei Yisrael. Yosef also made the Jewish people swear, that what? That they're going to take his body and bury it in Mitzrayim. Amar b'chanina devarim bego. There's also issues over here that were unspoken. Yosef knew that he was a tzaddik gamur. If you tell me that the people in, in Hosaris are resurrected, what is he making a terha and conveniencing his brothers to carry his distance 400 persot all the way from Messiah to El Sisrael? Because he was again concerned that he might not be Zocheh to the tunnels. The brothers of Rabab and Nahmani sent the following letter to Rabbah. Rabbah lived in Babel. So they sent them a letter trying to persuade him to move to Eris Israel. So they sent him the following letter. They gave that whole Hadush. What do you think? Yaakov, you know, he knew he was a Siddiq Gamur, but he still wanted to be buried in Eris Israel because he wasn't sure he was going to be Zokheh to the Mehidot. So therefore, what are you doing in Babel? You got to move to Eris Israel. So Ilfa, in the letter, he added the following story. There was a certain guy, incident, of a fellow in Eris Yisrael, who uh, had his mind on a certain lady that lived in Chutzlaris. And what? He wanted to go down to Babel in order to marry this lady. But when he heard that Yaakov Abinu wanted to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, because he was told maybe he's not going to be zocher to the Mechidot, he suffered until the day he dies. I'm not leaving. Even though he wanted to marry this lady, I don't want to take a chance to leave Eretz Yisrael. So then they tell Rabban the letter, even though you're a great sage, still you're better off coming to Eretz Yisrael. Why? Which means over here you come to say you have a rabbi. And if you're going to say, I don't have a rabbi in Israel, who's my rabbi in Israel? If Rabbi is going to tell him that, yes, the Rav. Umanu, the Biyohanan. The Biyohanan was considered the rabbi of Israel, and therefore come to Israel and learn under the Biyohanan. <coughs> so the Bara says, "Ve'im in ata'olein." If you're not going to come. So they tell Muslim, take care of the following three items. Do not sit a lot. Sitting is not good. When a person sits a lot, it's not good, it can cause hemorrhoids. Do not stand too much. Because standing is not good for the heart. And don't spend too much time walking. Because walking is not good for the eyes. 
שליש בישיבה, שליש בעמידה, שליש בהילוך. Split it up in a third. A third sitting, a third of the time standing, and a third of the time walking. Now, furthermore, כל ישיבה שאין עימה סמיכה, any time a person is sitting, but he's sitting without support, seems he's not sitting in a chair or things like that where he's being supported by something, עמידה נוחה הימנה, you're better off standing. So therefore, uh, like squatting or something like that, it's better off that you stand. Which means, uh, you're going to tell me over here that standing is uh, better or more relaxing than uh, sitting even? You just told me that Amida is not good for the heart. So how could you tell me that uh, sitting without support is better to stand? If a person sits without support, <coughs> so he learns over here, so he sits on a backless chair, for example. Right? Now she says on top, She'en ba'semicha kemo b'mitot o b'katadraot. Yesh semicha b'sefsalim k'sot en semicha. Like a sefsal, a bench. When you're just sitting like that, so the Gemara says, Amida she'esh ba'semicha nuhayemenu. Then, it's better to stand and lean against the wall. She's already, if you're not leaning and you're sitting down, better to stand up and be somech yourself against the wall. <coughs> the final conclusion of the letter that they sent to Rabbah on a separate topic, nothing to do with anything. They sent them that the three rabbis, Yitzhak, Shimon, Oshaya, they all concur on the same halakha. That what? That the law follows the Mi'uda regarding mules. What's the law of mules? Tetanya, Rabbi Yehuda Omer. Firda, Shetavaa, let's see, you have a female mule that indicated a desire to mate. En marbi'in aleha, lo sus ve lo hamor. You do not mate her with a horse or a donkey. Ela mina. You only made her with her kind, which means a male mule. Okay, that's the halakha uh, that he said. Okay, that's she, correct. En marbi'in alea lo sus ve lo hamur. Mesaf kele i hocheshin le zera av ilo. Hilkach afilu hi bat hamura nekeba. Which means, what is a mule? The mule is a combination of a horse and a donkey. So even if, let's say, you want to consider a bat hamura nekeba, that she's the, the mule, Pereda is the daughter of a Hamura, En Marvin Alea Hamur. Why? Because Shimon Hoshin is Zira Av. Because maybe you go after the father, and the father is a horse. And if it's Kilayim, you're not allowed to crossbreed two different animals. The, when it comes to the animals, you don't go after the Zira Av. The Imbat Susiahi, if let's say she's the daughter of a horse, Marbi'in Alea Sus. Let's go with the mother. If the mother of the mule, Perda, is a Hamura, she can go with a Hamur. If the mother of the mule is a uh, horse, she can go with a horse. Right? But the point of view dies, no, no. You have to be Hoshesh. So therefore, maybe you go after the father, maybe you go after the mother. So therefore, the only other option to make a Perda is with another mule that has the same, uh, the same lineage. <coughs> Amar Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak 
Yitzchak, when it says in the letter that the three rabbis agreed, Yitzchak, Shimon, and Oshaya, who are these rabbis? So Abba Rav Nachman, but it's like Yitzchak, Zerbi Yitzchak Nafcha, Shimon, Zerbi Shimon Ben Pezi, Vami Larish Takish, and Oshaya, Zerbi Oshaya Ben Abi. Okay, so now tells us who the these rabbis. Whatever it says, Ben Abi, Ben Abi means the great, uh, the great scholar. Amar Abi El Azar, Amir Aratzot Enam Hayim. Okay, somebody says Amaris is not going to be resurrected. Shneimar metin bal yihyu, which means it's referring to the Amaris. They are dead and they will not come to life. Tanya na meachir, we have a bright to support this. Metin bal yihyu, the dead will not be resurrected. Yaakov nakol is referring to everybody. Tamud lomar refaim bal yakumu. Who these refaim that are not going to come to life? That somebody that makes himself lax in the Devre Torah, so an ignorant person, a guy that doesn't study Torah, there is no resurrection. The master is not, not pleasing to the master to talk like that about his people. Means God doesn't want you to say that. You tell me what? The majority of Christ slaves are Maharis. You tell me they're not going to have resurrection? God doesn't want to hear that type of, uh, that type of talk. So what does the Pasuk mean? Mm-hmm. Which means somebody that makes himself lax concerning idolatry. That guy's not going to be rise up for the But Amaris, he has the Kufti Atimiti. So Rabbi Allah says, what do you want from me? I have another Pasuk. I have another verse. So it says that like the dew that revives the orot. What is the orot? Orot means over here says vegetation. But this is like it revives the vegetation, the dew. So therefore, so, uh, and you will let the ground fall to the lifeless. So too the, the dew is going to lift the metim from the ground. Just like the dew. Uh, lifts up the vegetation, so it's going to lift up the metim. So the Gebra says, Anybody that uses the light of Torah, so the light of Torah, that's what metim takes place, from the light of the Torah. So this is Kital Orot Talecha, which means the Pasuk says again, let's get the language, Kital Orot Talecha, Tal Orot. Which means, what is this Orot? This is Torah, or Torah. Which means that Tchayat Temitim is really based on your connection to learning. When you learn, there's a certain light. And that light brings the resurrection. So Amma'ad doesn't have that light. Therefore, it's not going to be resurrected. So he says, what do you want? I have a uh, Pasuk. So after he said this, Rabbi Yohanan didn't like this explanation again. Rabbi Yohanan doesn't like the fact that, uh, you tell me that the uh, majority of Israel, Amma'ad, is not going to be resurrected. I don't care if you have a Pasuk. He says, I don't like the explanation. When Rabbi Hazar saw that Rabbi Hanan was mistaired, he didn't like that explanation. He was like uh, troubled by his statement. So he said like this: Okay, I found a way out for the Amaris. I found a way that the Amaris that he can uh, get resurrected. How? Those that are attached to Kadosh Baruch Hu, what does it say? They're going to have life. If Shar, if Shar, the Bukim Shina, 
What do you mean? Can you attach yourself to the Shekhinah? Impossible. God is a consuming fire. How can you attach yourself to the Shekhinah? Anybody that marries his daughter off to a Tamid Hakam, that somebody engages in business on behalf of the Tamid Hakamim, which means he uh, gives the Hakam capital in order for the rabbi to uh, uh, invest, in order to devote his life to the study of Torah. So therefore, somebody that benefits Torah scholars from his possessions, so he says over here, he gives them merchandise to sell, allowing them to take the uh, profits, or uh, in any way that he, somebody assists a Torah scholar, that's as if he's attaching himself to the Shekhinah. How do you attach yourself to the Shekhinah? By one of these three ways, and then what? So that already brings a person alive. So then there's, there's direct and there's indirect way. One can learn Torah himself, and therefore the light of Torah is Ba'ayu. Or one can attach himself in some way to the Tzaddikim, and by attaching himself to the Tzaddikim, that already also gives him a Zichut. Similarly, we learned. I process the love of God and cling to Him. Can a person cling to the Shekhinah? Anybody that marries off his daughter. The person engages in business. He benefits. Torah scholars from his possessions, ma'alev ha'katuv, ki'ilu medabek, v'shchinah, zifi, clings himself to the shchinah. Amaru b'ayab bar Yosef, atidin, tzadikin, shemebatzbetzim ve'odin, berushalayim. The righteous are destined to sprout and arise in Yerushalayim. So he says, that is, once the righteous person who was buried outside of Esau passed through the subterranean tunnels, that will sprout from the ground of Eres Yisrael. And they're going to come through the tunnels, they're going to end up sprouting on the other side, Eres Yisrael. Shnei Amar, the Yatsitsu Me'ir Ke'esev Aris. Right? Uh, it says they're going to sprout from the city like grass of the earth. Then Eid, and what does Eid mean? In Yerushalayim. How do we know that the word Eid is referring to Yerushalayim? Shnei Amar, V'gannuti Ela Eid Azot. It was about the uh, Harim when he attacked uh, Yerushalayim. So Bani Allah says, I'm going to protect the city. What city was uh, Sanh Harim attacking? Yerushalayim. Wow, when the Sadiqim get resurrected, they're going to have their clothes on. Their clothes the, 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 will still be intact. We can learn a from a grain of wheat. When you put a wheat in the ground, the kernel itself is, uh, is planted bare. Right? It's a regular bare uh, kernel. But when it comes out of the ground, what? It's all dressed. As a shell, as the stalk, it comes out with all uh, clothed. So Sadiq when he's put in the ground, he's buried with his Malbush, uh, he's buried with his clothes, the Takrikin. So all the Muslim is gonna come out with them uh, as well. Okay, so it's all discussion over the Tosafot, only Tosfot on the Daf. Bilbushain, Mashma Bilbushain, Shinik Biru, Danu Takrikin. Smash the Gabram is gonna be come out of the grave with their which means they're going to come out with the clothes that they wore in their lives. So a miracle is going to happen. 
that the Tachrichim are going to somehow leave in the clothes that they wore during their lifetime, the Tachrichim are going to be resurrected in those clothes. Well, Marib, Hayabar Yosef, Atida. Eres Yisrael, Shetotzi Gluskaot Uchli Milat. That what? The soil of Eres is destined to produce ready-baked goods and fine woolen clothes. It's going to grow from the ground. Shneemar Yifisat Bar Baris. Fisat bar is like a abundant of grain on the earth. Fisat can mean also, uh, he says, uh, bread rolls, pas, and uh, fine wool, like ketoret uh, pasim. Yipisat bar baris. There's going to be a lot of bar, abundant of wheat growing from the ground, rolls growing from the ground itself. As she says, Bluskaot uchimilat. Like the palm of the hand. You never find a kernel as wide as a person's hand. So therefore it's referring to the rolls. Rolls are going to grow from the ground like the size of the person's hand. That's what's going to happen when uh, Mashiach comes. That a stalk of wheat is destined to grow straight as a palm tree. That's how big the wheat is going to be. It's tall as palm trees until it rises on top of the mountaintops. Meaning the trees of the wheat are going to be uh, very tall. It's going to start on the ground and go all the way up the wheat stalks. Mm-hmm. How are you going to cut it? you got to climb all the way up to the mountain to cut the uh, wheat. It's going to be an uh, inconvenience. Gabriel says, no, don't worry. Talmud Omar, Which means God is going to rustle the trees. Meaning, He's going to bring a special wind from His uh, chamber, His storehouses. And it's going to blow on the wheat stalks. What's going to happen? All the flour is going to fall from the tree. The Adam Yosef, the guy's going to go out into the field. He's going to bring a palmful of flour. The wind is going to blow the, 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 the trees. The flower is going to come coming down. All the guys go to the field and lift up the flower in his hand and support his family. The Pasuk says, It's talking about the miraculous existence of Eris Israel in the times of the Mashiach. So it says, With wheat as fat as kidneys. Which means a wheat is destined to be as large as the two kidneys of a large ox. Because the Pasuk says, which means the fat is kiliot, like kilayot. Of what? That's going to be a hita. The size of the two fat kidneys of a. Don't be so shocked. How can that possible? Like one kernel of wheat be so big? There's a recorded case of a fox that made its home in a large turnip. It dug out from the turnip and lived in the turnip itself. Ushkaluhu. And then they weighed the turnip. And uh, he says over here, it's anywhere between uh, 53 pounds to 64 pounds. 
and that was after the, the, the fox dug a hole in it to live in it. So you see that it was a turnip, uh, sixty pounds uh, heavy. So don't uh, don't be shocked. It can happen to the wheat as well. Tanya Amar Rabbi Yosef. There was a story in Shihin where a father left his son three stalks of mustard growing in the ground. One of the stalks branched off. And that one offshoot, there was nine calves of mustard seed. Nine calves, the expense of it is like uh, anywhere between 3.3 or 6.7 gallons of uh, mustard. There was so much wood just from that offshoot that was able to suffice to roof over a, a hut of the potters that used to sell pottery. They used to make these huts. So that's how much wood was on this, this one offshoot. So our father left us a stalk of cabbage the size of a tree. Now, in order to go up, to, to pick it, we have to go up a ladder <coughs> to get its uh, uppermost uh, leaves to harvest it. So it's a big, uh, big tree. You will drink the blood of a grape, and the juice of a grape. Like delicious wine. Amru, no in this world, you want to make wine. So what do you have to do? You have to pick the grapes and you have to trample them. You're going to bring one single grape, put it in a uh, wagon or a ship, you're going to put it in the corner of your house. And it's going to be like a keg. You just go to the grape, and you draw the uh, wine out of it, and you drink from it. There's going to be so much wood, just from one uh, uh, grape, from one vine, you'll be able to use the wood to burn uh, as wood under the food. Every single grape, it's going to have at least 30 se'ah of wine. What does it mean in this parasha of Vaychi when Yaakov Abinu was blessing Yehuda? Literally means he's going to tie his donkey to the vine. Osirila gefen, iro. Iro is his donkey, he's going to tie it to the vine. En lecha kol gefen ve gefen shebeeris Israel, she'en sarich ir ahat libsor. Wow, that there's not going to be a grapevine in Eris Israel that's not going to require a population of an entire city to pick its grapes. Osirila gefen, you're going to want to pull the grapes out, iro. You need an entire city of workers to do such a thing. Sodekah is the vine branch. That what? He's going to have to tie a donkey to it. So it says, Even a non-fruit bearing tree. It's going to bring forth fruit. Miraculously. So much so 
that it's going to load up two donkeys worth. Maybe you're going to say these grapes, maybe they're not going to have wine in them. There's going to be so much wine coming out of these grapes, you're going to be able to use it to launder the garments. It's going to be like water. Maybe you can say it's not going to be a good uh, wine, red wine. The Torah calls it Dam Anavim. That what? That it's calling it like blood, the blood of the grapes, which means it's going to be good red wine coming out of the grapes. Maybe you're going to say it doesn't intoxicate. Now, Suto uh, means it's enticing. Right? Like a person uh, right? gets, uh, entices him, as she says. Um, Enticement. Right, it entices the uh, the drunk man. He's drawn to it. Maybe you're going to have a good taste. So the Pasuk says, That what? A person is going to become red-eyed from wine. What is the Pasuk? Any palate that tastes this wine, Omer, Lili. Hachlili, I want it. Give it to me. For me. Very pleasant. Maybe you're going to say that this wine will be pleasant for the young people, but unpleasant for the old people. Meaning it's not going to age properly in the grape. And therefore, it's not going to have a, uh, a good taste for the old people. So the Gemara says, "Tamud Lomar ul ben shinaim mehalav al tichle le ben shinaim ela le ben shanim," which means even to the old person, the ben shanim is going to have a uh, a tam over there. He the Mar says, "The wine will be better for a man of many years than milk is for a child of two years old," which means ul ben shinaim mehalav. Which means, with Ben Shanim, to the person that's old, this wine's going to be better than the halav that you give to a minor. So the Gebra says, now that's, that, so that, that's the blessing that God, that Yaakov gave Yehuda, that wine is going to have all this beracha. Uh, so the Gebra says, Pashted dekra bemaikiti. That's the derasha. What's the simple expression over here? So the Jewish nation tells God, Hint to me with your eyes that you are happy with me, which is sweeter to me than wine. Which means when we know that God loves us, that's already better than us drinking sweet wine. And show me your teeth, which means smile upon me. To me, that's sweeter than milk. <laughs> Which means, uh, show me your uh, uh, affection, that's even better than yayin. Show your white teeth, God, meaning smile to me, it's better even than milk. A person who displays the whiteness of his teeth to his friend, it's better than what? It's better than even giving him a cup of milk. Which means the whitening of the teeth. 
which is the whitening of the teeth is better than giving a friend milk, which is when a person smiles at his friend, that's also it's like you sustained him. The Mifashim say that uh, you can imagine it uh, if a person, a uh, child, is walking to school on a freezing cold day and uh, it's bitter, bitter cold, and he's dressed in a little coat and his ears are, are red and his face is all red from the from the cold and he can't wait to get to the to the to the yeshiva and his insides are, are freezing and his teeth are chattering and his body is shaking from the cold and there's somebody standing at the door greeting him with a hot cup of hot uh, milk and he gives it to the child with a little chocolate in it and the child takes it and he uh, drinks it uh, and it warms his entire insides. Could you imagine on a, on a hot, on a, on a freezing cold day, a person is given a hot cup of hot chocolate, what type of hana'ah does that give him? And what? The Gemara says that when a person smiles at somebody and shows him his white teeth, that already is more uh, uh, nutritionist, that's more beneficial, that's more valuable than even giving him a glass of milk. Which means it seems kind of that there's, a, there's a something in a, in a smile, there's something in a, when a person has shown his friend a certain hadat panim, certain simit panim yafot, like the Mishnah says, it's beneficial. I mean, that goes into the person's uh, system as well and warms them up. <coughs> so that's what the Gabbara is saying. When it says, leben shinayim, Ben Shinai means white tooth. Which means the whitening of the teeth when you smile to somebody. He taught Rishtakish's children. The school teacher. He was absent for three days. He didn't come to teach. When he finally showed up, says, my father left me one hanging vine to harvest. I picked from the vine on the first day 300 clusters, each cluster producing a seah of wine. The next day, I also harvested 300 clusters. But this time it was two clusters produced a se'ah of wine. On the third day, another 300 clusters. However, this time only three uh, clusters produced a se'ah. Which is add uh, leave the rest there. Meaning uh, that's it. I couldn't. I leave uh, half the uh, half was left. Amaris Shakish tells him, If you didn't uh, be absent from your teaching duties, it would have produced even more. Which is the reason why, as the days went on. It produced less because it was God giving you siman. Go back to the yeshiva. If you would have stayed in the yeshiva, God would have sent workers and they would have uh, plucked the grapes and it would have produced much more wine and therefore uh, the biracha would have been more if you would have uh, continued to study Torah. found himself in Berak. He saw certain goats. They were eating under the fig trees. And the fig honey from the tree was dripping on the ground. 
and the milk was oozing out of the goats. So what was happening now? On the ground, you had the honey of the tree, and you had the milk of the goats. It got mixed up. So what happened? They got mixed up together like a flowing stream. This is what the Pasuk means in the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. It's a flowing, land of flowing with milk and honey. Comes the Gebran and says, Amar Yaakov ben Dostai. Milod le'ono shlosha milin. From Lod until the city of Ono, it's a distance of three mil. Pa'amachat kidamti ba'neshev. So one day I left early in the morning. Ve'alachti ad karsulai bedvashet te'enim. There was so much fig honey, I walked up to my ankles in fig honey for that distance. Amar shlakish. Ve'didi hazili zavat chalav udvashet sipori. I saw the flowing milk and honey of the city of Sipori. Ve'avishitzar milin ashitzar milin. It's covered in an area of 16 mil by 16 mil. That's like uh, 11 miles uh, square. square. <coughs> right, 16 miles is between 9.3 and 11.5 miles, and the area described is between 87.3 and 133 square miles of flowing milk and uh, honey. Amara Babar Hanna, Lididi, Hazili Zavat Halamud Vashil, Kol Eris Israel. I saw all the parts of Eris Israel that had the flowing milk and honey. It was like the distance, the area from Ben Mikseh until the Tulbanki crossing. That's the locations in Babel. 22 long, and the width of 6 Parsaot, which he says over here is approximately between 720 or 1,098 square miles. Just so we can make sure we read all the words. Uh, going back to Kufyud Aleph, there was a certain person that went, left Pumpedita Yosef. And Rav Yosef excommunicated him. As we learned that a person should not leave the Pedita. Um, so the Ben Yoyada says he was guilty to be excommunicated for something else. But if he didn't move from Pedita, it would have been okay. But once he moved from Pedita, so they put him in Hiram for another sin that he committed. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.